0: Thank you for coming to the podcast. I am David Tremonti. He is Daniel Gumby Vreeland, the co-editor of MMA-Manifesto.com, our mothership. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast episode 42, and it's brought to you by the one and only Mouthguard with Crumple Zone technology. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Sisu. They have just released the next-gen Mouthguard and Gumby. May I say it is a pioneer of scientific ingenuity. It's made from non-compressible thermopolymer. It's engineered to withstand even more impact and still astonishingly thin at 1.6 millimeters
1: and if you didn't understand all those fancy science words what you need to know is it is breathable and you can drink with it in and you can talk with it in so head on over to SISUGuard.com and get yourself the most comfortable mouth guard you can possibly get
0: talk breathe drink it's the ccu next gen the choice of the next generation are rolling and this is the fastest fight news segment on planet earth of any MMA show you might listen to, while other MMA shows might meander and lollygag and engage in general horseshit when all you want to do is hear the news of the day we get the news right to your face straight to your face in under 15 minutes or the podcast is free on us less than a three-round fight Gumby are you ready I'm ready all right the big news this week since we last spoke is that the UFC along with cutting a lot of office staff cut 13 fighters uh notable amongst them Kevin Casey uh, the first looking for a fight cut, Cody East... Uh, Bigfoot Silva and the Barncat Tamden McCrory your thoughts
1: uh, It's kind of sad I, I especially thought a couple Of those guys deserved maybe one or two more Fights in there uh, I, I think The big thing is a couple of them uh, Have some other like social discretions In the past I mean Cal Muglash spit Blood on that guy uh, Cody East had like a checkered pass that the UFC Found out about after signing him So I think that probably had something to do with some Of them but it's sad to see the Barncat go Um, I mean poor Bigfoot but Bigfoot's on He's lost six of seven so um, And I'm pretty sure all six knockouts. So it was time for him to go. It was time for a couple others to go. Um, but, you know, that's just what happens when they, they cut back on the roster. I
0: and think Mag- I agree. I think Mangaless had a lot of potential. He was on a two fight losing streak. The blood spitting incident was against recently deceased fighter, unfortunately, Josh, Josh Salmon. Wrong. And then he lost to Pratt uh via split decision back at UFC 203. Uh, so, you know, no surprise there. Bigfoot Silva has been knocked out. Oh, let me get the stats 30 times in a row. <laughs> um, and then Tamden McCrory, you know, obviously we were excited when he it was announced he was coming back. Yeah. And,
1: and he looked real good out of the gate again. And against Josh Samana, of all people, um, but then two-fight losing streak after that, and he got the axe.
0: So something to keep an eye on is, will the roster continue to shrink, or will these 13 recently cut fighters be replaced by other people? Time will tell. Now, uh fight was announced uh, since we last spoke Gumby. Kane Velasquez versus Fabricio Verdum at UFC 207 Friday night, uh, December 30th. Uh, Kane already opens as a minus 175 favorite Verdum the plus 145 underdog even though he dethroned Kane uh, back about a year and a half ago uh, for that World Heavyweight title what do you think of the odds and what do you think of the uh, the rematch
1: So I think the odds make a lot of sense though I'm, uh, there was a whole bunch of things going against Kane at the time people know how good he is Sea level Kane, C- C- C-level C-level Kane, Kane. Right? And, and also the, you know, the, the thing that I think bookmakers are getting smarter and smarter and smarter about is to not automatically install the guy who won the first match and is a favorite because I mean you got uh Conor McGregor who came open as a favorite against Nate Diaz in the rematch and it probably saved them a bunch of money because money was going to go down on him and the same thing happening with Musasi versus uh, Uriah Hall which is going to be the next fight announcement you were going to tell me about right (laughs) I was just about to
0: say that you are psychic my friend we got a regular Miss Gumby Cleo over here (laughs) Hall versus Musasi was announced for UFC Fight Night 99 uh, really saving the show it's going to be the main event replaced uh, Dung Young Kim versus Gunnar Nelson Uh, Gunnar Nelson essentially a, uh, a hometown favorite because he trains out of SBG Ireland. Bottom line is, though, to your point, Gagard Mousasi opens up as the favorite, and a big favorite at that, minus 446, Uriah Hall, the plus 375 dog, even though Uriah Hall spin kicked Gegard Mousasi to hell last fall.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I have no interest in betting on Uriah Hall in that one, because he is so lackluster from time to time, and he was getting beat badly in that fight. So, you know, I, I think bookmakers are getting smarter and smarter, and not just looking at the results, they're bringing in some real actual ufc type analysts like they wouldn't any other sport and installing the appropriate favorite based on technical aspects not just
0: prior results respect to the technical aspects of fighting uh here's a interesting tidbit uh johnny Hendricks was talking to espn five rounds podcast and uh talking about his matchup with neil magny at ufc 207 he said quote the last two fights i have lost fair and square i know i have realistically if i go out there uh, if I go out there and lose, that's when it's time to say, I'm done. I'm not going to keep fighting to hopefully find a person I can beat. What do you make of this quote from the former welterweight champion? It, it's another one of those situations
1: where the champ says, if I can't be the best. I don't want to be there anymore. And, you know, once you've had the championship, I mean, I feel like that ha- that's happened with a lot of people. That happened recently with Uriah Faber, too. Uriah Faber said after losing to Dominic Cruz for the second time, if he can't be the best or be close to being the best, he's all done. But now, then he's announced to fight Brad Then, then we've watched him fight Jimmy Rivera, lose again, prove he's not the best, and now they've got him booked again. So, how much
0: that's true with Johnny Hendricks, it might be the same amount as Uriah Hall, Wait, here, or here, Uriah with, Faber, Here's what well, I'll tell you why. I think it has more credence with uh, Johnny Hendricks. This is a guy who's had trouble with weight cutting almost died because in his in his words ate too much uh, deer jerky leading up to his fight with Tyron Woodley last November common mistaken weight cutting (laughs) his fight last November 2015 Uh, and you also see problems with the camp you know he had his own camp uh, with team um, takedown yeah team takedown And then he
1: left and now he's kind of like in this weird limbo
0: exactly so I, I look at all those things and I know he's a big family man has four kids seems to be pretty set financially I mean he has a lot he had a lot of big sponsors, actually, I think the year that he was champion, I think he had a pretty good income. Um, So, you know, I don't know. I I could see him, if he did lose to Magni, just saying, F this, I'm out of here.
1: Yeah, I I could see it too. But again, Faber also has all those kinds of things. He had Torque Clothing Line in his own gym and this and that. And still, we're seeing him for a third time in the last fucking four months. I
0: guess maybe I'm just inferring something here. I think Faber loves MMA. I don't know that Johnny Hendricks does. That's a better point, too.
1: Johnny Uh, Hendricks likes eating cheeseburgers and deer jerky. uh,
0: All right. So we go from one fighter potentially on the downside of his career to a fighter very much on the upswing. I know he's a favorite of yours, Gumby. I'm talking about Doohoo Choi, the Korean Superboy. Uh, he was talking to the South China Morning Post, which I know you subscribe to, Gumby. Um, <laughs> and he actually semi-called out Conor McGregor. I don't want to say call out, but he said, quote, it's what everyone is talking about. It's what everyone wants to know, talking about a fight versus him versus Conor. Quote, I want to be the UFC's first Asian world champion. And if that means I have to fight Conor McGregor, then that's what I'll have to do. He, of course, is 145 pounds. If Conor stays at 145 pounds, which, let's Face it, we don't think he will, but how awesome would that be? I, I would love it. I mean, I still think it's a tad premature to talk about Doohu Choi on the
1: same level as Conor McGregor, but he is certainly a very promising prospect, and, and we'll see after he fights Cub Swanson right about where he lands.
0: Well, food for thought on Doohu Choi. I mean, w- in the UFC, is he 2-0 and or 3-0? I he's 3-0 yeah, right he, now. he's 3-0 and with three KOs. Conor was 3-0 and with only two KOs and one decision win over Max Holloway. So, so
1: are we going to throw everybody with three straight KOs to start their career in the Conor McGregor? basket
0: yes this is the new <laughs> ufc's marketing style if you're a ko artist you're gonna get that push baby yeah i guess, I guess so but again I, I still think just technically it's a little premature to put him there um from the ding dong the witch's dead department pat Lundvall, your favorite uh, nevada state athletic commission uh appointee uh, she has been let go. She will end her appointment on October 31st. How sad are you? Uh,
1: I just think if we cleaned the house in that athletic commission top to bottom a little bit more, I think people would be a little bit more happy and we'd get some consistency.
0: I mean, she's the one who wanted a lifetime ban on Nick Diaz for smoking weed for a third yeah, time. Yeah, how dare he smoke weed. Yeah. Uh, here's just a, uh, a quick... It's legal in the state he lives in, correct? I believe it yeah, is. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> uh, I, this is just from a What's Rhonda Rousey up to you? She posted a fighter of her sparring with Olympic boxer uh, Michaela Meyer uh, and you know as coach Edmund says you can never have enough boxing
1: yeah and and you know it's good to see her bringing in top level guys I know GSP back in the day used to not train with the best MMA boxer he used to train with the best boxer boxer yeah Um, and so Ronda Rousey may be taking a page out of that good to see her working on her boxing
0: well we'll go from the former bantamweight champ to the current strawweight champion Joanna Janjacek Joanna champion Joanna violence whatever you want to call her has let go of her manager Quote, I am waiting for a good offer. Bring me some money. That's all I want from my manager. I'm here. I'm in the U.S. We recently saw her post that I think she's training with American Top Team now. And apparently she is in the market for a manager who's going to make her some cheddar. Well, that makes a lot of
1: sense, too. I mean, you know, when was the last time you saw her being sponsored by anything except for Reebok? She's the type of person who doesn't necessarily need uh, just the UFC sponsor. She should have ones all over the side, you know, that she should be doing, um so it's kind of surprising to not see her with any, so maybe that that's the the, the big piece here. You know, well, She had I, a
0: Polish manager, right? Mm-hmm. And, and now it's time to have an American one. She is a small package of personality and violence, I have no doubt. I mean, she's such a good talker, and now that she's in the U.S., um, you know, maybe she's paired with the right manager. She'll be happier with the money she's making outside the octagon. Uh, we're going to go now to the reality TV show news of the week, and that is that uh, it came out that tough... The Ultimate Fighter was going to be canceled. About three, three hours later, the UFC basically said, fuck off. And uh, MMA Junkie confirmed that the Ultimate Fighter 25 is currently casting uh, for January and that it would air in April. Now, whether you believe if Tough is being canceled or not, here's the exciting news. Tough 25 is apparently going to be a welterweight comeback show.
1: And I love that. And and obviously, our uh, details would have to be all ironed out in order to realize what actually is going on there. Um, but there are a lot of welterweights who've been let go in the past few years, either just after being on the Ultimate Fighter and not getting a shot in the UFC, or people who are in the UFC and maybe didn't get a fair enough shake that I would love to see coming Throw back. Throw out a name or two. I would love to see Matt Secor back. He was on the, the Carwin uh, Roy Nelson season. Um, you got John uh, Manley, who's a, a local guy as well. Um, Mike Ricci, all three of them are off that one season. And the only one who got a fight, I think, was oh, no, Ricci got a, a fight Or two, and then John Manley got beat by Neil Magny.
0: Right. All right. So, fair enough. You're hyped on it. I'm excited for it. I think there's a lot of potential there. All right. From one reality show to another, it comes out that Pop TV, Pop TV Gumby, I know one of your favorite channels, (laughs) is going to do a UFC reality show about Wait For It. the Octagon Girls. Will you TiVo it? Will you DVR it? Will you watch it? I, I no longer have DVR, uh, which is kind of a bummer when it comes
1: to the Ultimate Fighter seasons, but no, there's no way I watch that.
0: Hey, what <laughs> Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner did for UFC Fighters with the Ultimate Fighter, this Octagon Girl show is going to do for the next two big Octagon Girls.
1: I, I promise you, I will not watch a single minute of that. All right, fair enough. I well, won't even click on the, the article that comes up on MMA Manifesto.com.
0: Oh, I'll definitely <laughs> click on the article if the picture is good enough. All right, well, the That wraps up the fastest fight news on the planet. All right, Gumby, with fight news out of the way, we now transition to our interview with UFC uh, Ultimate Fighter winner Tatiana Suarez. Yeah, and Tatiana
1: Suarez is a hot prospect in the strawweight division, so you're definitely going to want to listen in on
0: this interview. She shares uh, where she's heading in the future. All right. You, of course, can catch our show on TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, really wherever a podcast is being streamed. MMAPodcast.com as well. MMA-Manifesto.com, the mothership. Feel free to follow the show at Top Turtle MMA on Twitter and Gumby Talk About Facebook. Head on over to Facebook and like the Top Turtle MMA page so that you can get some betting advice as well as all of the shows in your newsfeed. All right. Our interview with Tatiana Suarez is brought to you by mine and Gumby's home gym, New England Submission Fighting. New England Submission Fighting is a mixed martial arts gym in the lovely, quaint, picturesque town of Amherst, Massachusetts. Class is six days a week. Check out the website, amherstmma.com. New England Submission Fighting brings you our interview with Ultimate Fighter winner, Tatiana Suarez.
1: This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland here with my co-host Dave Tremonte, and we are talking with Ultimate Fighter winner Tatiana Suarez, who fights Juliana Linema on December 9th at Ultimate Fight Night Albany. Uh Tatiana, what's your life been like since uh since winning Tough? Do you feel like you have more confidence in the gym? Are people recognizing you more often? Uh what's the big celebrity change?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely um I feel like I definitely get recognized more than I used to, but that's 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 common um and as for confidence, no, I don't feel like it like I don't feel like it gave me any confidence. I feel like I've always been a pretty confident person anyways, and I knew that i would I knew I would do well on the show, so i I felt confident going into there, so I think my confidence is pretty much the same. I think like the the better I get, you know, which is I feel like I improve every day. Um, that's when I, I get my, the most confidence from that
0: makes total sense. And you of course were coached by Claudia Gedalia on the show. Um, have you stayed in contact with her or any of the other women from, from that season?
2: Yeah. Um, I definitely stayed in contact with, um, my team and, um, and Claudia as well. So, um, that's pretty cool. It's, it's cool to have some friendships out like in the MMA world, you know? So, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And and Claudia is at the top of the division. Is there any weirdness in the fact that you're like training with and coached by somebody who who if you continue up the division is certainly a potential opponent?
2: No, I didn't feel like it was it was too um I didn't feel like it was a conflict at all. Um I've, you know, in wrestling, I train I I trained pe- trained with people that I was going to wrestle eventually anyway, so I'm used to that. Um so I don't think that's like something that that um that made me feel insecure or anything like that. I just you know, I just did my thing, I did what I had to do and, you know, I got in and out of there and um, you know, I just I had fun. So it was cool.
0: I'm glad you had fun. A lot of people uh, have different things to say about the Ultimate Fighter experience. Now, you were with uh, you were in the show for six weeks. Obviously, Claudia Gadelia and Joanna Jacek were the two coaches. They got in a lot of heated exchange as as we've seen before on the Ultimate Fighter. You were there in person. Scale of one to ten, how much do those two girls really hate each other?
2: <laughs> probably a ten.
0: <laughs> wow! So that was legit. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've never, we were never told how to act or anything like that. The only thing that, you know, obviously from promotion stuff, they made us, you know, walk in, walk out, stuff like that, but never, like never was told what to say or what to do or how to act ever. So that's, what's really cool about the show is because it's a hundred percent, you know, reality. So it's, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that, that that's awesome to hear, too, especially from, you know, uh, the fact that you had a, a positive time there. Let's talk a little bit more about the Ultimate Fighter. You are the second ever women's strawweight winner, only the third women's winner of all time. Uh, is the historical value of that really significant to you, or is it just, I got my name out there, I got in, I got out, and, and that's the end of it?
2: Yeah, that's that's kind of my attitude, you know. Um, it's great to to. You know, make history, of course, I think that's, that's awesome. And, um, you know, um, but, you know, that's my, my, my goal was to win the show. And if it was making history in the process, that's great as well. That's a, that's a bonus, you know, for me.
1: Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about uh your upcoming fight. So you're going up against Juliana Lima uh in her UFC career. She's only lost to two people. Uh Jan Janjech who's the champ and Carla Esparza who used to be the champ. Uh give us the reason why you become the third person and the first non-champion to uh to beat Juliana Lima.
2: Um I just think that I'm a better all-around fighter um than her. I think you know I have a I have a good game, and uh, I just think that um, I'll definitely be victorious come December 9th. Well, and and many people probably don't know
0: this, but you were a very serious wrestler before moving to MMA. You were an Olympic hopeful. (laughs) Uh, You took bronze at uh, two world championships. uh Mm -hmm. what would you say is the biggest takeaway from your wrestling career how has that helped make the transition to mma which we've seen you know time and again so many wrestlers end up being you know top of the heap mma stars
2: yeah um i definitely think the the work ethic that comes from wrestling has definitely helped me in my mma career you know my coaches never have to tell me to work hard it's actually it's like actually the opposite they're like you need to relax you know so for me it's never been about um working hard it's always been just trying to keep myself healthy during my camps so that i can um because i mean fighting's is a lot a lot different than wrestling you have to do multiple disciplines so um you know you can get hurt a lot more and wrestling you don't, know, you can't get you can't get kicked to the knee or you
3: know what i mean so <laughs>
2: you can't just uh, or not or the legal. face yeah, you can, but you'll get disqual. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, that's definitely something I feel like I took away from wrestling was the work ethic, and I've been doing it since I was really young. So it's it's really something that's part of me, and it's it's something that you know it's challenging for me to to listen to my body. Sometimes I'm like, oh no, the more sore I feel, I think I have to go harder. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we've seen so it. Like, no. We've seen it time and again on the men's side of things. You know, wrestling, they always say, is the best base for MMA. And then, obviously, we've had Sarah McMahon, who is a female Olympic wrestler, have some success in the UFC. And now, mm-hmm. someone such as yourself, Carla Sparza. It's kind of cool to see mm-hmm. it on the women's side now, too.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely think it's a great base. Um, its I feel like it's extremely hard to to show somebody how to wrestle um, for, for most people, you know, it's, it's, it's a little different than most disciplines. Um, It's just, you have, like, I'll always know, you know, when I'm in trouble in certain situations, not everybody's going to know those situations as well as I do. So I think that's where I can, I can have a good advantage. You know, body awareness is something it's really hard to teach, you know?
0: Absolutely. So So kind of an offbeat question i guess you know the women's strawweight division is so new you know we're going on 24 months of even having a women's strawweight division at the U- in the ufc and then female wrestling you know that's relatively new too you know you go back 2 3 decades females weren't allowed to wrestle in, in high school on high school teams for the most part or in college so I wonder, for someone such as you, like who do you maybe model your career after? Is there anyone you automatically look up to? You know, women's MMA is still such a young sport, but I, I guess is, it, is the automatic answer just, I want to be like Ronda Rousey? Or or is there someone on the male side maybe you try to fashion your career after?
2: Um, I don't know. I mean, I have people that I really like to watch. I wouldn't say that like I... And I strive to be like them, you know, I'm kind of, mm-hmm. I've always been a pretty independent person. So I'm like, I want to be like, you know, I just want to be the bet- the greatest version of myself. Um, but, you know, I definitely look at certain fighters and I'm like, yeah, he's great. Or, you know what <laughs> I mean? It's usually, it's usually, you know, guys, um, there are girls at other weight divisions um, that I'm like, okay, that, that girl is pretty good. And I, I think you can always learn from people, you know, watching them, or uh, whether they're at your weight or whether they're at, you know, a weight that's nowhere near yours, you know, I can learn from from someone like Kane or, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's always like a learning process for sure.
0: Absolutely. And, I, you know, part of our job is to Twitter stalk people. And we were going on your Twitter earlier today and we did notice you were throwing a lot of love towards Dan Henderson in that last fight. Is, is he a, <laughs> a, a favorite of yours?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Dan just seems like such a nice person, such a good person. And, you know, he's a, wrestler, he's a, a fellow wrestler, and um, he's close to me. He's in Temecula, so, you know, I support or support that as well. And I just think he's, you know, he just seems like such a great person. So, yeah, definitely, you know, a, a Henderson fan for sure. If, I had to,
0: yeah. if you had to, you know, if you were forced to, can you give me, like, a top three for you? Who, who's, like, in the top three for Tatiana Suarez of all time?
2: I like Demetrius Johnson. Nice. He's like probably up there. I mean, come on. He's run through the division. He's a
0: fighter's fighter, right? Like other fighters love watching Demetrius Johnson because he's good everywhere.
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. He's just so well-rounded. And um, he's definitely somebody that you can appreciate, you know. So I definitely like him. Um, Let's see. Who else do I like? I do like Robbie Lawler. I do think he's a good fighter, good one. but, you know, don't say that out loud. My, my teammates in his weight class, <laughs> who,
0: who, wait, who are, you ta- who are you talking about?
2: Um, who? Lorenz Larkin. Oh,
0: true, true, true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he likes Joanna. So, I mean, I guess I can like, I guess I can like Robbie, right?
0: Hey, Lorenz, it's give and take, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. If can like her, I'll like Robbie Larkin. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's see I'm trying to think of all the all the and I like the up-and-comers too I like Max Holloway too he's an up-and-comer Max Holloway um, he's won yeah, like, what, he's it, won like he has,
0: 35 in a row and still doesn't have a title shot
2: I know he's you know he's so great um and I don't know how that's that's going on but uh yeah he's he's definitely up there um, what weight class is he? Thirty-five.
0: He's one forty-five. Yeah, featherweight.
2: Forty-five. Okay, good. Because my boyfriend's at thirty-five. <laughs> oh, who's your boyfriend? Who's your boyfriend? <laughs> um, his name's Chris Likes. He's an up and coming pro. He's a uh, he's um, he has two pro fights so far, but he's definitely going to be. I believe he'll be in the UFC.
0: Nice. Power power, so, power couple in the making. Power couple yep. in the making. Yep. (laughs) All right. So we'll end on this. The one other thing we noticed from doing our homework on you is you're really into cooking. Uh, I think you even have like your own (laughs) cooking blog or something. How did that all come about? And is that a really big part of your life?
2: Where did you see my cooking blog? On my website? Yeah. I
0: thought on your website there was like a page dedicated to cooking.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I used to to cook a lot, but (laughs) it's like gone downhill recently because... Like um, the show, and I feel like when I'm in camp, I'm I'm like super super not into anything but but fighting, you know. Because I'm I, I get home, I'm pretty exhausted, so I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna eat a piece of broccoli because I'm so tired. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's kind
0: of sad. It. That's kind of sad, but I get it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just it's like I push myself really hard, and then I come home, and I really don't want to really don't want to cook, but, yeah, I definitely, like, I liked to cook, but it's just not, it's not something that I do often anymore, especially because my boyfriend learned how to cook, finally. (laughs) Ah, so you make (laughs) him
0: do the cooking.
2: Well, he cooks his own food now, but I used to cook all of his food.
0: You're like, baby, Uh, I'm in the UFC. You're not yet, so you do the cooking.
2: (laughs) No, I wish he would cook me something. He offered to cook me pizza today, so he gets points for that.
0: All right, there you go. So, all right, well, <laughs> listen, Tatiana, this has been awesome catching up with you. You you have a great personality. Uh, you fight Juliana Lima on December ninth at uh, Ultimate Fight Night, Albany. We wish you luck in the fight, and we hope that when the fight's over, you get to make yourself or your boyfriend makes you a really big, nice home cooked meal.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: So there you have it, Gumby. Tatiana Suarez.
1: Yeah, and I, I really like that interview too because it was uh, it was one of those ones that's not quite a hundred percent what we usually get with interviews. You know, a lot of fight talk, a lot of talk about camp and, and current event news. That one that
0: one had a little bit of a lighter note to it. I enjoyed it. We talked to her about her uh, affinity for cooking, which yeah. she almost was like, "How did she, you know about she, cooking?"
1: <laughs> she looked, yeah, she looked a little bit creeped out. Uh, that's again the uh, the online stalking of, of me and Dave Tremonte. And
0: just part of our jobs, <laughs> folks. Just part of our jobs so that being said we go from one strawweight to another we also got a chance to catch up with Anna Elmos yeah Anna Elmos uh one of the very few Danish MMA fighters to make it to the UFC uh she's be dropping down to 115 for the first time and talks about that transition we will play you that interview right now this is Dave Tremonti Daniel Gumby Vreeland Top Turtle MMA podcast catching up with UFC strawweight Anna Elmos this is Daniel Gumby-Vreeland here with my co-host Dave Tremonte and we have the opportunity today
1: to talk to Anna Elmrose, who fights at UFC uh, Fight Night 99 in Dublin on November 12th against Amanda Bobby Cooper. So, uh, Anna, let's kick right into it. You've got one of the most fun fight nicknames I've ever heard before, uh, Panda. Where does the nickname <laughs> Panda come from? Hi.
3: Uh, my nickname Panda was actually, uh, I started boxing around I, I think it was like in two two 2010 and I have like like a, a really great heart and I and my nature is just to move forward <laughs> but I had my first r- real full contact fight uh, boxing kickboxing match within three months after I I my my first time wearing the boxing gloves so uh I, I haven't actually uh, been taught the defensive work by then, but I was like moving forward and it just said uh, punch, 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 punch. But I got a lot of black eyes, so uh, <laughs> it was it was either panda or raccoon. So oh, I, I, I thought, well, panda, that sounds cute.
1: <laughs> yeah, P- panda is definitely much, much more adoring. So uh, let, let's talk a little bit about that style because you do have that uh, way – move-forward style, uh, heavily on the striking. Your opponent, Amanda Cooper, is much more of a grappler. She's a purple belt in jujitsu. Uh, what have you been doing to prepare for that ground aspect of the game of Amanda Cooper?
3: Oh, well, I'm, I'm very well-rounded. I'm, I'm, I'm great at, at the ground as well. So, uh, obviously, I've been, been watching Amanda, and I'm aware of uh, her ground game. She's, she's very good on her back. She's a, she's a very good uh ground and pound. Um it's not it's nothing that like really uh, intimidates me. I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty self confident, me being on the mat. Uh I haven't been able to show it in my fights um before. Um, but that maybe has something to do about which opponent I I met so far. I met like a judoka and which means uh, it would be smarter for me to like stand up. Yeah. But um, when people ask me, "Are you? Are you a striker? Are you a grappler? Are you whatever?" I I think I think myself as a well-rounded MMA fighter, and I'll <clears throat> I, I I honestly don't care if we're gonna stand up or we're gonna grapple. But I believe that if um, if if me and Amanda are are giving like a, a great show and we're gonna stand up because we're both great strikers. I believe we like fight up the night potential. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, uh, absolutely a wildly underrated fight. Um, and and you also I saw you were doing a little bit of training with uh, Melanie uh, Jujas who fought uh Amanda Bobby Cooper on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, did she help give you a little bit of insight on what you should be doing with Amanda Cooper, or any uh, any small little things that uh, you maybe didn't know about her?
3: No, actually, uh, Melanie, she she came here to help me because uh, uh, I, I, I come from bantamweight, and uh, the 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 size of the girls in bantamweight is like uh, way different than strawweight. The the distance is different. Uh, I have never met a girl at my own size before. Uh, Amanda is the first time I'm gonna meet somebody. where I'm actually having a reach advantage. A little a small one, I know, but my reach is like uh, sixty-five, and my last opponent, Jermaine Durandemey, her reach was like seventy-one. Yeah,
1: yeah. Jermaine so, Durandamine yeah. is definitely uh, <laughs> on the other side of that that scale for sure.
3: Exactly, but. I've been. I, I met more people. Um, I met more opponents than, like Jermaine than Amanda, so I'm not used to to the the, the reach advantage, and I'm, I'm, it's, 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 I have to adjust my my striking a bit because because I'm I'm normally the smaller fighter, uh, but I am not anymore, and and that's what uh, Mel- Melanie she came to because she had the size. And she has the uh, the skill set to, uh, to to spar with me, so uh, so you know that I can I can I can gain from uh, her experience and and her timing as well. So uh, that's but but we haven't we haven't like uh, she's not like uh, coming with some insiders about Amanda because. I don't really think that she she has that much insight from her because the fire was, like, most of the fire was on the ground anyway. Yep. absolutely. Yeah, so,
2: yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, you you know, you mentioned that this is going to be the first time uh, that you feel like you have a size advantage, first time you have a reach advantage, even if it is a small one. Do you feel significantly more confident going into this one versus some of your other fights, knowing that you're at a much more comfortable size? Uh,
3: That has nothing to do with Amanda, because I I have big respect for Amanda. I know she's very good boxer. She is very well rounded. She is very good with her, with her all all MMA techniques. So it has nothing to do with her as an opponent. But I can feel myself uh, now. I've lost a lot of weight. I'm um, I'm here. Uh, I, I I feel that that me myself. I'm 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 in a much more comfortable. Uh, body size than I have ever been. My um, my cardio is uh, is uh, better. I'm not even I'm not even like doing like uh, crazy cardio to to uh, to to get better cardio. It's just that I lost so much weight. My cardio got better just by itself because now I don't have that much uh, uh, extra kilos to 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 carry around. My, uh, I I I can move a lot more uh, fluent. I I just feel better in my body. Uh, it's it's everything is just easier for me to to move. Obviously, I I should have never been uh, fighting in featherweight because of my size. I'm, uh, I've i always been a little like chubby, mm-hmm. and I am, and so far it was. It was okay. I could fight because uh, I I never met uh, uh, people like Jermaine, yeah. and at that level, I'm just too small. And I I knew it already. So I just. Uh, but but now when I'm when I'm here, I'm like, ah, damn it! I should have been moving to to at least flyweight way before, because I just feel better in my body.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
2: but, yeah.
1: So that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Um, so uh, question just about, uh, you know, you're obviously from Denmark, uh, not a whole lot of uh, Danish MMA fighters in the UFC. Uh, I know Christian Colombo is uh, a heavyweight who just recently made it into the UFC. Uh, what is the MMA scene like in Denmark? Uh, are, are we seeing like a, a quick boom seeing as, you know, you two were both recently signed. Is it big on the local scene? Do people know who you are?
3: Yeah, I uh I'm I'm like I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty selfish uh about this uh this sport thing I'm have going on because I'm not really into all the other people I, I haven't seen uh, the the fight. I I actually I I don't care. I'm not a fan. I I'm a an artist, and and my job is to train every day and eat Correct and sleep and do my job, and my job is to fight. So I, I'm, I don't I don't follow all the other fighters unless it's fighters that I I potentially can can meet in a fight. But uh, the there is um, I think that the the attention about MMA in Denmark is growing day by day. People are getting to know us because the 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 mainstream media in denmark is has, they they want to they want to talk to us now uh, i've i've been uh, talking to a lot of mainstream media in denmark and 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 that's a new thing i haven't seen that before um some oh, i know also the other fighters been uh, talking to the mainstream media and that's very awesome and, and small, uh, specific MMA media in Denmark is popping up and making success. Uh, and, uh, and hopefully, uh, if I can do my job and, and fight and make it extraordinary and win my fight and get more fights and, and do a good show at the international scene, uh, eventually the, the the Danish media wants to, to, uh, to get us a more attention. And eventually, when the Danish media is getting us attention, then a lot of uh, people will start training MMA. And when they start training MMA, they want to start fighting. And then we get more fighters and more fighters, and, and it's going to grow. But it's but it's a it's a long term. Uh, it's it's not something that's going to happen in in just one day. So we just have to be patient and. Yeah, the only thing I can do about it is just to, to do my job and, 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 and give a good show, and, give a good fight.
1: And we certainly look forward to that good show, which will be Ultimate Fight Night 99 in Dublin, Ireland, in November against Amanda Bobby Cooper. Uh, Anna, we want to thank you again for the time. We really, really appreciate it, and good luck in the fight.
3: Anytime, anytime. it been my pleasure.
0: So there you have it, Gumby. Anna Elmos.
1: Yep, Anna Elmos. She's talking about how uh, Danish MMA is on the rise. So maybe we're going to see a couple more uh, Danish MMA fighters in the UFC before you know it.
0: Does that make you excited as a Danish person?
1: Uh, I'm a Dutch person. God so ba- damn it. There's the first mistake. Uh, but yeah, no, I I love the uh, the small market MMA. MMA. Out of Europe, you know, I, you know, people like Tarek Safadine from Belgium, uh, you know, there are a few Dutch MMA fighters in the UFC. I, I like seeing the Scandinavian area get into it, too. So any uh, any of that area getting into the MMA
0: world is, is always cool with me. All right. Well, this wraps up a jam-packed show for us. We had Anna Elmos. We had Tatiana Suarez. We had your fastest fight news on planet Earth. We will be back next week as we head into the last week of the UFC drought.
1: I'm so ready for this to be over. It's painful.
0: And then we will go into just a crazy time around the holidays. We'll have nine fight cards in eight weeks with a doubleheader on some random Saturday. You'll have UFC's debut at MSG. You'll have Ronda Rousey's return. You'll have Conor going for his second title. I can't even take it. And you know what? I still hold out hope that Santa's going to come through at the midnight hour and deliver GSP to the Toronto card. Yeah, I hope so too, but, but I'm slowly losing hope. I am David Tremonti. He is Daniel Gumby Vreeland. This was Top Turtle MMA Podcast. Thank you so much for listening.